Hello, it's Trish and Heather here and we're home design coaches and founders of the Scribble Club. The Scribble Club is an online community for people who like design, healthy and functional homes and are looking for creative inspiration from professional designers. We're so excited to announce our brand new podcast called The Sketchy Ladies. Our podcast is a mix of design and building advice from inside the industry. You'll get simple tips and tricks to help you overcome your design challenges with creative solutions. You'll learn how to create spaces you've always dreamed of but never had the confidence to design. We value beautiful, functional, healthy homes and that's what we're here to help you discover. As qualified designers and busy mums, we understand how your health, sanity and well-being can benefit from a well-designed home. There's no need to settle for second best. Each week you'll get some tips and tricks to help improve the spaces inside and outside your home. Make sure you subscribe to the Sketchy Ladies podcast and this way you won't miss an episode. You can find links to all of the episodes and other goodies at thescribbleclub.com forward slash podcast. The Sketchy Ladies podcast is here to help you create your dream home. Let's make it happen. Welcome to episode 16 of the Sketchy Ladies podcast with Trish and Heather. And today we'll be covering home office design. In today's episode, we'll discuss three of the biggest challenges when designing a home office, how to solve these challenges with good design, and how to avoid costly mistakes. With our home office, the three main challenges we've got are the function of it, the furniture, so our tables, chairs, bookcases, and our equipment and decoration. Trish, what do you look at when you're looking at designing a home office for somebody? Well, I look at the profession of the person, why they might be working at home and how long they may be with their, their full-time home, but then there might be other people that are just after hours work or they could even have a side hustle business. And also what type of business that they're doing do they need absolute separation from everywhere so they've got complete quiet and that could just be a personal choice are they going to have people come to the house or they've got people outside people visiting and want to be in that space Um, I've designed um, home offices for accountants and lawyers where that they do have people come in and it might be straight off the front door so they're not wandering through the whole house but then it might just be people like mothers generally, and I know I'm stereotyping here, but a lot of mothers do have generate their own um, side hustles. They might be want to be close to the family so they can still work while the kids are playing in the corner in the lounge room or something, watching telly. So it's that relationship to within the house and also what the function for the individual's profession. I know there's a lot of tradie wives around too. There's a really big group. There's a big Facebook group on tradie wives. So wives that have found themselves actually running a small business by default because hubby's out doing his trade and somebody's got to do the book work and the paperwork and the phone calls. And so by default, they end up being the tradie wife. In the industry, it's quite common that that's at home. You're not going to go and spend a lot of money renting an office to be able to do that. And also part-time work too. A lot of people these days have structured their world around lifestyle as well. Not everybody's working full-time anymore. And part of that, or even if they are, Part of it might be, say, two days a week at home and three days a week in the office. I know that works very well for some friends that I've got that are professionals that have worked their way up the food chain to the point where the bosses trust them to work from home. They're very high level. They know they're self-motivated. They know they'll undertake their tasks. And if it's easier for them to work at home, it might stop a commute of two hours a day. That's valuable time that they'll spend working. And so their bosses are quite okay with them having a home office. I think two part of that is what sort of times we're going to be spending in a home office. It's all very nice to have a home office, but that can also, it's almost can be like a little jail cell too. If it's just never really lock yourself in the room and never come out for eight hours. So some people can do the mental separation of being able to shut the, say it is an office, shut the door on the office and walk away. And that's completely in home mode. 
find that separation difficult. I've worked for many years to try and work at the separation between home life and work life. But I tend to have my home office in the living areas for that very reason. It can be a little bit distracting, I have to say, but if you've got earphones and you can switch off, then you can still manage to work in a commute environment. Our open plan office space is no different, but in commercial That's offices. That's right. Some people actually prefer to work with other things or people around, like noises, the TV going, the radio on, that sort of thing. Mine's set up a little bit in the centre, so I've got access and I can hear what's going on with the kids. I know that they're there and they can come to me if they need anything, but I can also shut the door. They know I'm in here, but they know it's time not to come in. I'm on a phone call or something. But also I can walk out of the space and I can leave. I can knock off for the day and I can remove myself and turn my head off. The other side of that, I suppose, is that flexibility. I do work for myself. Therefore, having the knowledge that I can just pop in, check a few emails, oh, God, I've got to do that, or jump in and, and do something quickly because it's really nice and close and it's not the whole walk down the other end of the house or downstairs and then start everything up. And it's just that flexibility. So the modern age of working from home sort of style of life that we're looking at now. So I do like the idea of being able to shut the door if I want to. <laughs> Years ago, I said to client, they said, oh, where's your office? And I said, well, I've got my laptop on my phone and that is my office. And years ago, that was completely foreign to everybody because you had to have a big flashy office. And we did, we had receptionists and office and all that sort of trappings, but it costs an absolute fortune. And when you're running a business, if you're trying to get things lean, then working from home can be a really viable alternative, particularly if you're using contractors and things like that as well. So it really just depends on what the structure of your business is. And I agree with you, you really need to work out what somebody's workflow is over the course of the day. And now I look back at having office, there's large inefficiencies with offices as well. You've got to commute there. You've got to go and get lunch. There's lots of different things that take time out of your day. It's the rat race, isn't it? And when we're talking home office, we're, we're talking a whole different work ethic, a whole different work module where people are perhaps more self-motivated to sit down and do their work in a position in a day, but with the convenience of having everything very close to you. So you've actually got a lot less downtimes. If you're well organized, you get a better outcome out of working from home. That's not everybody's. I guess what we're looking at too is our relationship to where that home office will sit, whether it's this individual room. I've seen some really cool in cupboard offices, which sounds a bit weird, but you can shut them away. There are the sliding doors or swing doors and inside is this custom design, little home office, everything beautifully organized. At the end of the day, you just shut the door and nobody would even know it's an office. And particularly in apartments where room's really limited, that is a fantastic idea. So you can convert a linen closet, for example, into a very functional, very well-organized office, complete with all the bits and pieces. We've just got to remember that most thing in offices need power. So we need to have our power and data connections. If that's Unless you're operating off, say, for example, a laptop that might not require all that. But if you're looking at something slightly more permanent, you need to have all that connectivity the relationship's really important and also getting that breakaway, whether you need to be able to turn everything off, shut it down, lock it away on a weekend, not touch it, or whether you're the sort of person that wants access to it 24, seven, seven days a week. If you've got that sort of type A personality that wants to be doing things all the time, then putting it into a combined work environment might work better for you. If you're not, and you're the sort of person that wants to have a lot of downtime, quiet time, shut off then perhaps having a completely separate area away from your main living area is a lot better when we're talking about home office design. What are the sorts of furniture and things that you would normally put into a home office, Trish? 
Well, there, that's a few things that we've got to consider. Is it going to be fixed joinery items for mainly the desk? Like we all need a desk in our office and a chair. There's been a big move to the sit-stand desks now and they can be quite inexpensive or they can be very expensive. Something to think about. Uh, they take up a fair bit more room. So that's something to consider. You can get these things that sort of mount on top of an existing desk as well. Sit-stand desks and the ergonomics of it is really important. But then you might also have an environment where the the owner or might be wanting to bring in a furniture item, might be more of a, a beautiful piece of furniture that operates as the desks. That could be something freestanding. Um, gosh, it can be made from so many beautiful things. It could be marble or it could be lovely timber or the old old school ones with the leather tops and stuff. So there's some pretty cool things out there. But obviously, yeah, they're the two biggest items. But our computers and, and how they operate, like you mentioned, are we talking big, big monitors? I've got a huge monitor here, but that works well from like the function. And I know you want to operate off a laptop. Printers, there's another thing that takes up a lot of space. And then we're talking archive and storage. We've got our general stationary items, but do we need a filing cabinet or a filing drawer? So I also love my books, looking at a good shelving system or a good way to be able to display my books so I can grab them when I need and they're not hiding in a cupboard. I don't know what I've got at the moment because I haven't got any shelves. This will change soon. We've designed <laughs> it. Printers and storage can take up another fair bit of space, but to cull some of that paperwork these days is, is something that's happening. We, we've been doing for a long, long time. It's more electronic and digital. To cut down on that paper storage requirement is a good move. I can't do that so much because being a, as a building designer, we've, we've always got plans and paper plans we show and present to clients. And I, I personally like to do that. But we've got to think of the cleaning of those things. Printers can be a, a big dust catcher. They love, certain, does, dust love settling on printers. They're, they're sort of things that take into consideration as well. I know in a commercial sense, I'd had this discussion so many times with property managers about a filing cabinet because everybody loves a filing cabinet. And I'd say that particular, I always talk about real estate. So I'm saying that's half a meter by half a meter roughly is the dimensions of a standard filing cabinet. And I was like, do you know how much rent you're paying per square meter per month or per year? And when we did the maths on it, these were incredibly expensive to have taking up yeah. space on the floor across, imagine a floor plate of 200 staff. And so every half a meter, that's a hundred square meters of floor space. And when we do the maths on it, they say, oh yeah, that's right. That's really a lot of space. There's lots of different ways and mechanisms we're using with under desk storage and credenza units where they can roll in and out under desk so they can roll out and become a table for while well, and roll back in when they're not being used. All of that stuff increases the densities in terms of floor plates. But for a home office, it's exactly the same principle. If you've only got limited space, say you're in an apartment, it's quite small, having things that can wheel in and wheel out or just having things that can move around a bit are really advantageous to the overall layout. And there's some very, very clever uh, types of commercial office furniture that you can use in a domestic environment too. So there's some beautiful storage cabinets with rolling fronts that actually have a built-in part for plants on top. So you can have live growing plants on top of your storage units. It changes the whole look and feel of what would have been the old, I think brown built was the standard cabinet that everybody yep. used for a while, the brown built filing cabinet, the brown. There's been more modernization of those types of units, still very, very functional. Some of them have rolling fronts, so that means there's no swinging doors that will impose on the space. All of those sorts of things, when you've got a small space, the last thing you want to be doing is tripping over a cupboard door to get to your printer, to get to the paper that you, you know, all of the logistic stuff. The more condense the design is and the better the design is, the less likelihood you'll have of having those sort of issues where you're bumping into things, you're bruising your knees all the time because you run into the edge of the printer or the desk or 
That's I always take out my names. Just to touch base on the, the rolling cabinets, there's great idea, especially if you've got a property that you want to move on quickly. It's an investment property. Maybe just putting a desk in and mm-hmm. some shelves. Like that could just keep it super simple that someone brings their own little filing cabinet to roll in. And it also keeps your cost down because they, they can be expensive things to have custom built. And if, if that's something that you don't have to bring in or pay for, but just to go to get a nice piece of timber down from the hardware store and, and put in, it can be a beautiful finish and, and outcome and really presentable as part of the sale. The other thing too is Airbnb. I've got a couple of Airbnb, but I would always recommend to other people put in a really, a, a narrow, small desk, but somewhere that's close to the Wi-Fi because the first thing that people do on holidays, yes, they're on holidays, but when they're still in work mode, it takes them a while to switch off and relax. And the amount of comments we've had, it, oh, so fantastic that you had this little office type setup, little desk setup. It just really adds, and it costs nothing and it's just something small. It doesn't take up very much space. It's only just over a metre long, very narrow in depth, only a laptop sort of depth. But the amount of people that have made specific comment on that because it adds to their whole experience because they can check their life, they could get all that done, shut it down, now I'm ready for holiday. And yeah, those ones that are yeah. type A that don't shut down for holiday, <laughs> they, they could be, be checking all the time. They could be travelling yeah. for work too. Having those flexible spaces is really important and the home office might be located in a living area, especially in those instances because a lot of Airbnbs aren't huge, massive flashy homes they've got a whole separate room for an office they are just normally a desk in the corner I agree I think that's and they can still look really stylish and lovely in this space too which also brings us into the decoration of those spaces do we want to be looking at PC and we want to hide the tower in a a cupboard or are we going to have it sitting up on the desk or is it a printer that might be tucked away into a cupboard again or, or out on the bench so there's some of those things that we want to accommodate especially if you're looking to a full joinery design or where are they going to be located that they're connected to power and data as well? So that's something to consider a part of their furniture. What's going to go on that furniture and how's that furniture going to function with those that additional equipment? And something I really like now is that the home office can be designed and another beautifully decorated part of the house. Used to be the home office was like the den where in the Brady Bunch, dad used to go to the den to do his architectural designs in his home office. I love that show. (laughs) But dad was always in his den. And I think when Greg got old enough, he got to take over the den or something from memory. But that style of office is quite different now. And particularly a lot more females working from home, they can be really decorative, beautiful spaces and have lots of soft furnishings. They can even have, we're in a mentoring group with, Lovely lady, Tina Tower, and she was showing, did a tour of her new office fit out the other day. And it's in a small home and she's got a meditation space with a bookshelf. She's got two different desks, one set up for her doing the media with all the lights and the other one's a quieter desk where she wants to write. And she said she was feeling really embarrassed about taking up so much space, but she was saying, I'm generating a very, I'm running a large business. I'm generating a large income. Proportionately, it isn't a huge space, but the way it's been designed is really beautiful. There's beautiful wallpaper, books are all there. Everything that she needs for the tools of her trade are all there. Even her crystals to allow her to meditate before she leaves the space, those sorts of things. I think more and more females are adding their own twist to what was traditionally a male space, which was the leather desk with the pen and the desk lamp, that sort of thing that you see in the movies. Now it's yeah. very much more soft furnishings. And we even had that discussion with her about the la- lack of really designer quality office chairs in Australia. We do have some, but they're often very expensive. 
So it's the ergonomic chairs. If you're going to be sitting for six, eight hours a day, you need a really good chair to support your back and your posture and those sorts of things. But it's not, there's not a really broad range of good looking ergonomic chairs on the market. And when you do, they're very high end. They've got lots of bells and whistles and you can, everything moves and it all comes at a cost, but just a few more things to break. So I just love about Tina's office is she's got that, that comfy chair or reading corner where she will pull out her reading book and. It's something I do. I walk away from my, if I want a, a break from emails and all of those things or distractions, but I want to get sketching. So I have a piece of paper or I have my sketchbook or my large clipboard where I'll be sitting there and, and wanting to, to draw. So I'll actually sit out in a comfy chair in the lounge room to sit there and be a little bit more inspired. I, I, I really quite envious of that beautiful chair she has in the corner that like to have that flexibility within the space. It's just a great idea. There's just so many mm. options there for her. Mm. And I think the other thing we've got to consider too, there's working in your business and working on your business. Working in your business is probably 80% of the time, but the working on your business is a more creative time where you don't necessarily have to be sitting at a desk and chair. It could be having a coffee, a glass of wine, looking at, you can have different spaces within a space, or if it's co-joined in a living area, you, you might be on a sofa or a warm chair or something where you can let your creativity spark that isn't, as soon as you sit in your ergonomic chair at your desk, you're working in the business. But if you go to these other peripheral spaces, it gives you more space to be able to say, okay, I'm being creative. I'm looking at things holistically. I haven't got the same stresses. What can I imagine? What, What would my business be like if blah, blah, blah. They're the sort of spaces that are really important too in a home office is to have the creative component as well as the diligent where we're here working our X amount of hours, pushing out this amount of whatever it is we're doing. Head down, bum up, I call that. It's <laughs> really our function. Hmm. The function yeah. of it. And like you mentioned about the, the fancy chairs, how far do we go here? I feel like it adds some creativity. Is We're repurposing furniture, reusing a bit of old timber for your desk. And something about finishes in offices, and I've worked and I've tried to work on benches that are stone, and they're just too cold. Mm. It sucks all the heat out of your hands. So it's not good for your health. It's not good for your body. And it's not good for you mentally. So thinking about the finishes is, can be really important. I know we're moving into, when we, when we do ours, we're adding a lot of timber because I just love the warmth of timber. It feels soft. I feel comfortable with it. Don't have those loud noises bouncing off, which is another thing that, so I like to play music when I'm working as well. So I can sort of keep that in and, and reduce that tinny sounds. There's another thing that we haven't talked about is that we might be sound systems that we install. Our, our offices are hugely technical now. We've got all these extra mm. things like web cameras and podcast microphones and all of the things that we're adding in. They don't necessarily pretty, but they can be a a necessity for your job role as well. Mm. But I think the other thing is with decoration and good decoration, it can stop that overwhelm. I spent years and years and years with an L-shaped desk where I had piles back in the paperwork day, piles and piles of paperwork for each job, each folder, you know, that we were back in the manual paperwork type of thing. Now that everything's electronic, at the end of the day, I've got my mouse, a pen, maybe one or two notebooks and that's it. Pack up at the end of the day, two notebooks in the cupboard, done. All this other peripheral paperwork really can, doesn't necessarily need to be there. I know with plans and things, often we have more plans. We might have a desk or have a plan rack or somewhere where we put them, but in a office, conventional office, we've very much gone away from these piles of paperwork into electronic filing, which can make it be much more beautiful, be much more decorative. And my laptop's a pink. I went and bought a sandstone laptop, but it's slightly pink. 
but it's very pretty. (laughs) You'd love it because it is, it's pretty. I think that's the difference too, is that as females, we're, we're big purchasing power in in our home offices and, and the things we like and making it pretty is fine. Like it's still a laptop. It's still doing everything else. The silver one did. It just looks a lot nicer. I'm thinking of painting this wall green. (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree. Putting the paper away is good for our mental health. It makes us uh, happy, a little bit more joyful in our space when we're, when we're working and, and not only just like mine is cluttered so much at the moment so I have no storage to put things away, but I, I'm so looking forward to be able to do that and be excited for when I enter this space. And that's what I think you need to do is, and not all jobs are exciting and not everything we have to do are, are exciting and joyful. If we can reduce the amount of stress and anxiety when we go into those spaces, it can make the other work more exciting and joyful. We're huge advocates of that, aren't we? Making it the most mm. beautiful, best space that you feel comfortable if you don't have absolute joy going into that space, then your day's not going to be good. You're going to go, I don't want to be yeah. there. And I think that's the thing in a lot of commercial environments. When we're doing big commercial projects, we try and soften those spaces so that they are nicer. And a lot of the trends now are for breakout spaces, lounge chairs, open plan kitchens within an open office environment. And all of the psychology behind that is that the more comfortable people feel, the more they can communicate, congregate. If they're all in workstations and they've all got little headsets in and they're all in isolation in cubicles, it's not a great work environment. But if they're in breakout spaces, so that transposes directly into our homes. If you can have that communication with your family at the kitchen, in the living room, adjacent to your office space, then psychologically you're going to be a lot fresher and a lot more revived to be going back in rather than just sitting in a little pod and saying, I've got to be here for eight hours and I can't move. Not great on our mental health. We're really looking at positive creative outcomes too, based on a combination of what we do commercially and then domestically. To a certain extent, it does transpose across across the two. But interestingly too, more since COVID, everybody's been quite happy for employees to work at home. There is a big cultural change as well of employers allowing, even if you are employed, it's worth asking the question, if you do want to work from home, can I spend a day or two a week working from home? I've got the setup, but I can do it. I can work all around the world. Something Sorry. I love in my office is that puppy Jasmine comes in and sits on my feet and keeps my feet warm. So <laughs> I love the fact that I've got that open ability to the kids to join me. And I've got a great video I have to share with you where the kids spotted their the podcast microphone and came in and sat here and, and did their own little interview <laughs> to each other. And I've recorded it from behind. Flexible, open, welcoming environment, not only for yourself, but for family and even your favorite pet to come in and join you can just add to that mental health. The main things is that we want to touch base on is the, the function, the, the furniture and, and the, what you're putting into the space, what equipment we've got and how we're going to decorate it, isn't it? It's got to be all encompassing. You've got to know the sizes of everything you're putting in there and the style of the decorations. We use mood boards a lot at Script Club. And mood boards are a great way to put all of your design inspiration together. We also use Pinterest a lot. Go and check out our Pinterest page, the Scribble Club, scribbleclub.com. And a lot of what we do is all about pulling all those things together into a central area. So if you're not sure where to start, using a mood board is a great place because you can get your ideas from Pinterest and you can pop them in a mood board and see if it all works and tones together before you spend a cent. That's what we're trying to do. Waste any yeah. money before the thing. It's no point buying something in isolation that then doesn't work with the rest. That's really good to collate all of your information together in one place. And a mood board is a great way of doing it. Check us out on Pinterest and also check out the Scribble Club. That wraps up this episode on home office design. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the the Sketchy Ladies podcast. And be sure to join in next time where we'll be talking about bedroom and ensuite design. This episode was brought to you by the Scribble Club.
our signature group coaching program to help women design beautiful, functional, healthy homes. Check it out at thescrupleclub.com, along with so many free resources to help you design and deliver the dream spaces in your home and get the results that you deserve. If you loved this episode, please don't keep it a secret. Share it with your friends on social media and tag us at The Scribble Club. We love hearing from our listeners and seeing your reactions to our episodes. We'd also love for you to leave a review on your favourite podcast platform. Your feedback helps us grow and improve our content. It also helps other listeners to find our show. Have a wonderful day. We're the Sketchy Ladies and we're behind you all the way.